Welcome back, everybody, to the next episode here of Heretic Radio. I'm your host, Jesse James. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Chris. What's going on, Chris? Not too much. How's my fellow viruses doing? Uh, fucking sick of it. Um, we have a, <laughs> we got a special guest tonight with us. His name's Al. And uh, Al's been a good friend of mine for quite some time here, and always a pleasure. Thanks for being on, Al. You bet. I wouldn't, I wouldn't quite say too special, maybe special Ed, but... <laughs> no, no, no. We'll be we'll be polite this evening. <laughs> no. uh, yeah. So tonight we're just gonna kind of follow up. We did have a previous recording that fell through, and that was a technical error on my end. Um, we sat down for probably what two hours, I think it was, guys, it was like and two hours forty five minutes or something. Something, yeah. And then when I was downloading the audio files. Um, there was a good portion, like an hour and 40 minutes that was missing and I could not get it back from Zencaster. And I don't know if it was a internet issue or uh, I have no idea, but I lost it. So we kind of scrapped that episode and we're coming back now to re-record um, essentially. So, but a lot has happened uh, even since that time, that was about what a week or two ago, roughly. Yeah. And uh, we did want to touch on the coronavirus stuff. And I know, Al's done some research here. I know Chris has always done his research and everything. So for this episode, I'm going to kind of be quiet and just ask the questions uh, from you guys. So Al, I know, um, I think we kind of said you had wanted to go first there. So what, what do you got for us? Well, um, I guess the topic, one of the topics I kind of wanted to touch on was basically the unconstitutional, well, I guess, and you know, uh, what everybody else thinks, of course, of just the unconstitutionality of of some of the laws, some states. Now, I know South Dakota is pretty pretty far behind the curve as far as they haven't asked. We don't have any, like, what do they call it, shelter-in-place orders. Like, And I yeah. think California and uh, I think it was Newark, New Jersey is one of them that was mentioned in the article I found and Texas and a lot of the bigger places have those, but I guess, I guess, uh, I kind of wanted to touch on both the unconstitutionality of it, but, um, kind of like what you guys thought. And if you think, uh, if you, do you, do you kind of have to waive some of the constitutional, you know, rights that we have, to to mitigate a disease like this i know and I, I know it's two different things but i mean i kind of think of it as the example i use is when you have um when you have anti-gun people talking about well you guys are the ones who own the guns um you come up with the you know you come up with the things that need to be fixed well do i think there's some things that need to be fixed on and again this is just an example but so every time I've I've thrown out what I think could be done to fix this alleged gun problem, they say, well, that's not good enough. Well, the problem the problem with this, like uh, this coronavirus and with these anti-gunners is if something isn't done, then there is <clears throat> there is this uh, draconian overreach eventually. So that's why I kind yeah. of say, well, let them have the bump stock. Cause it doesn't mean shit to me, you know, yeah. um, do, like I don't disagree with some States requiring in order to carry a weapon that some people do have X amount of hours in, 
in an NRA class for a pistol, you know, that that's the kind of stuff that's going to prevent the draconian overreach. Now, yes, it is unconstitutional to ask somebody they have to have a certification in order to carry. Yeah, but I mean, what would you rather they take it a step further and go after semi-automatic weapons or leave you the fuck alone, you know? So that's kind of, I guess that's kind of a long explanation of where I was the first yeah. topic I'd wanted to touch on, but. No, I, I get it though. And I'm right there with you, to be honest, because I mean, that government overreach has always been a problem, plain and simple. And uh, guns is just kind of one aspect of it. And now, like you said, out with this pandemic, I mean, we, we completely see the overreach and, they have people, uh, you know, that are kind of sympathizers with that in the sense that they're like, oh, we need to do this because, you know, it's, it's for the general populace and the, the general good and stuff like that. Um, but there's always, you know, that, that other side to the coin that it's like, yeah, we can allow them to have that authoritative kind of mentality over us of like, you need to stay in place. You need to restrict your travel, all this other stuff for the sake of not spreading this virus. And but at the same time, it's like, well. I still need to take care of things. I still need to go out and it's just my right to leave my house if I choose so. Right. Um, and there's well, a lot of people on both sides of that argument. Yeah. And you can, you can also take it a step further with people who, and this is just yet again, another example, you know, um, like cops, for example, people who hate cops. This is, and this is kind of the way I, I, I think of this virus too. I mean, for people, do, do I, do I like the fact that we have cops? No. I mean, but there is a reason why we have it. There's people who can't handle their shit, people who do dumb shit, you know, people who murder people, steal from people, just like this virus. You know, you, you have people who can't handle the simplistic, the simplistic, like take, you, using common sense to, hey, you know, stay the fuck away from people who have this shit. Right. You know, just like with crime, there's always going to be that asshole or like in the military, we'll just go there too. You always have that asshole who doesn't give a fuck about the rest of your team and they get everybody else fucking thrashed because they fucked up and they're not getting thrashed. So, of course, you're pissed at them. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. I threw Chelsea Manning in there. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Selfish bitch. So, Chris, yeah. I want to ask you, since we're on this topic of the overreach and the stay in shelter and place orders and all that kind of stuff, um, I know New York City has got that uh, that mandated. Is that true for upstate and the more rural areas of New York yet, or no? Um, it's not happening yet, not up here. But um, I heard uh, I heard today on Fox that Cuomo is actually mulling that along to uh, put everybody in the state uh, in their house can't go out for anything. So <clears throat> he uh, know, he's just he's politicizing the whole thing. Um, they passed the budget the other night. And if you read the fine print, he also threw in some more gun control in, in the budget. Um, and it had, this, yeah, it has nothing to do with the fucking virus. I mean, like, but yeah, no, right. gotta, gotta throw that in there. And he made sure he got his 40% raise. Oh, yeah. I, I saw that part. Yeah. And so, now, now he's, uh, now he's going to, um, uh, send he's sending. We've already gotten uh, t three days worth now of um, sick people from New York City, two hundred miles up here into Albany. You know now they're in our hospitals, and then he's said he's taking the National Guard, and they're going to come up here, and they're going to take all our medical equipment, bring it down to the city. So then, when we get overpopulated, the hospitals here in Albany, um, when there's nowhere else to go, they're going to ship people from Albany that live next to me to Utica and Syracuse. 
So what happens to the people that live there? Where are they going to be shipped to? He's just spreading it all, all over the fucking state. He's ridiculous. Yeah. Just and there was that fiasco last week, too, where, um, you know, that reporter called him out on those um, ventilators that the feds provided for him, and he just had them stocked in a warehouse. Yeah. What? I don't have them stocked there. Oh, but the ones that I do have put away, I'm saving them for the apex. Wait, you just said you didn't have any put away. There's like that politician in Puerto Rico who had all that food stashed away in, in a storage unit or whatever, 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 you know, when shit was going awry over there. Yeah, after Hurricane Maria. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the FEMA sent down millions of dollars in aid. Uh, directly from the White House, you know, kind of dire- or, um, authority, essentially. And, yeah, just to make Trump look bad, and not not that I'm a Trump supporter, but, I mean, that was right. clear as day. They stocked that shit and allowed their people to starve and die uh, just for the sake of playing politics. And it's absolutely disgusting. Most of those officials I know from Puerto Rico got arrested on corruption charges and all sorts of shit. The governor of Puerto Rico, the mayor of San Juan got arrested. Um, at least I think she did anyways, but she was the one that was going on TV that literally mm-hmm. she had screen printed shirts two days after the fucking hurricane saying, oh, we're dying. And the hat said, you know, for, you know, fuck Trump or whatever else like type stuff. And it's just like, how did you have time to even make those in the middle of uh, a hurricane? Didn't, like, <laughs> didn't she, didn't she like, I, I know it, it, it really can't be proven per se, but didn't she do like uh, some kind of press press conference in front of like, just pallets of water, some shit, and like provisions. Like, I'm sure she it, did, but I can't remember when, off the top of my head. But yeah, I was like, when she was, I know that was kind of one of the jokes anyway about it, like, you know, all the memes that were going around. But uh, she was doing some kind of press conference about how they're getting fucked down there and not receiving the aid they need. But all the while, she's standing in front of pallets of like canned food and water and shit. Yeah. Cuomo yeah. did that too the other day. Um, Who did? Um, our governor Cuomo here in New York. He need I need um, we need respirators and surgical masks and all yeah. this, and it's right behind him. Stacks yeah. and stacks. <laughs> I'd like to to point out real quick um, that I think that Cuomo has his nipples pierced. Totally off topic, really, but <laughs> that press that. conference he did where it looked mean. like he had barbells through both of his nips. What the hell is that all about? Yeah, <laughs> well, you, you saw my pictures, right? Did I say it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. And even, Vice even did an article, Granted, Vice is Cancer, but they were just like, oh, we asked professional, um, you know, piercers that, you know, does it does Cuomo have his nipples pierced? And I'm just like, this is now making, like, ridiculous fucking headlines. And it, it totally looked like he had barbells through his nips. That's, that's funny. I saw that yeah. meme. That's, <laughs> see, that's like that post, that post that I had the other day where I said something, you know, where I'd, I'd mentioned the fact that people – when people take, those are the funny posts that I think that of course people are trying to find out if he has barbell, like nipples piercings. I mean, right. we wouldn't want to know. I mean, that's funny fucking shit. Right. But when, when you have these memes that people post that are just, they're trying to make a point and it's like lazy fucking, like being a lazy Facebook journalist. Like I, uh, I got the God, what's his name? Can't remember. Um, yeah, anyway, he, he works for The Wire, but he calls them slacktivists, people who people who are just too too lazy to read articles, but they want to they want to be that fucking Facebook journalist. But yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the people that they get all their news from Facebook and they don't ever look into it or they just kind of yeah. take it as written in stone type shit. Right. But. And they, they have, oh, well, take take 
government takes 10% of my money. Like Paul, like when Paul does his fucking stupid shit, he, oh puts, my those, God. he, he puts those stupid memes on there. And it's like, dude, I wish I was still friends with him on Facebook. I would fucking, I would fucking push his shit in. Oh my God. You just had to mention Paul, didn't you? Alex? I, I did. I, I couldn't help myself. Fucking to fill everybody Paul. in. Yeah. Alan, I, I had, I had posted a thing about our friend Paul, which <laughs> I have nothing against him personally, I guess, but the guy is I just, do. yeah, I know you do. Al, but the guy just, he talks out of his ass all the time. And he's the one that like, Al just described, like he just gets his information from like the most bogus fucking sources ever. He talks a lot of shit and like, honestly, he just needs to shut the fuck up and he just needs to stay with within his lane. And none of that's kind of like brass of me or brazen for me to say that, whatever the fuck. But this guy, seriously, like you listen to him and you just seriously, like you have to restrain yourself from punching him right in the mouth. Like what, what did he tell you? He, he, he brought up the Spanish flu and slavery. Like basically yeah, he was, same- yeah, he was trying to like create a nexus between slave owners in the 1800s and the Spanish flu, which that's I don't even know where you would get the relation from that because the the argue, or the topic was that oh, you know, we're calling this like the Chinese flu or the Chinese virus versus the Spanish flu and all that other kind of stuff. The Spanish flu I can understand because the Spanish flu didn't even originate in Spain. It was ridiculous. However, that's the the term that history gave it. You know, every, you talk about the Spanish flu. Oh, automatically everyone's going to go. Oh, early 1900s killed you know millions of people worldwide. Whatever, blah blah blah. A lot of factors involved in that. But what this idiot was trying to say is that they called it the Spanish flu because people owned slaves in the 1800s. And it's like, well, dumbass, if you knew your fucking history, the U.S. eradicated or not eradicated, but emancipated all the slaves in 1863. We fought a fucking civil war, and that was a huge, you know. Piece, piece of the pie, essentially. Uh, Europe had eradicated, or not eradicated, I keep saying that, but Europe had gotten uh, rid of slavery in the early 1800s, late 1700s. So it's like, what does that have to do with a, an early turn of the century fucking virus? Like, well, and, like, so, and I'm not saying that someone can go from one of those Facebook journalists to like actually being well-educated. All they have to do is fucking read, especially, especially right now. You know, like I put, like I put in that post that I was just talking about. I, you know, I don't, it just amazes me how people don't take this instead of instead of sitting down and reading an article that they and they want to sound smart on Facebook. But instead of sitting down for twenty, thirty minutes reading a decent article and making sure they understand it, they go out fucking goddamn. They post a meme and then they go fucking jack each other off in the fucking woods behind the woods yeah. <laughs> fuck dude you know that kind of shit just annoys me because i i know of somebody who actually misquoted as much again you know i can't stand mate i don't like mayor allender but he's he's here he's queer you know fucking let's deal with him well yeah <laughs> fucking this gal that i know misquoted mayor allender and i i had to it took every ounce of my being to not say anything but she had said that if we don't behave, he's going to send the SWAT team to your house. And it's like, what? So I got on <laughs> with a simple Google search. I found, I found the latest press conference he did to update everybody on coronavirus. And, right. I'll, and here, I'll actually read it because I, I, felt, I felt the need to type this whole thing out. 
So this is exactly this is exactly what he said. And you tell me. And see, this is this is something else that kind of segues into the whole overreach thing somewhat. Is how these are the people, the ones who, these are the people who are spreading the hysteria. It's not the people taking the virus fucking seriously that are spreading the hysteria, in my opinion, anyway. But mm-hmm. so this so this gal gets out of this paragraph. This gal gets. Um, He's going to send the SWAT team to your house if you don't behave. This is exactly what Allender said. I watched the video and typed it word for word. He says the city is working on a compliance and enforcement plan in anticipation of the city council passing the emergency ordinance tonight, which was March 27th. He says compliance is certainly preferred. And here it, here it goes. Are you ready? Compliance is certainly preferred. And we're not going to run the SWAT team out to some place that is not in that has not complied but we will be taking this matter very seriously and urging compliance and then saving as an alternative traditional enforcement of the ordinance many city departments are attempting to dispel rumors from the public that is that is like just so you can get a spec just a wide a wide brush stroke of what he said before and after that fucking sentence Right. That that misquoted. That those are the people spreading this fucking hysteria, in my opinion, because they they take shit out of context and they blow shit out of proportion. I mean, yeah. Does does that sound like something? Does that sound like he said he was gonna fucking goddamn send a drone strike to your goddamn house if you don't fucking get the fucking inside? Yeah, that sounded like the complete opposite of what she was. I mean, you know. I agree with you 100% on that, Al, because it seems like the people that are the most afraid of this shit going on, they almost act like they want something to happen. They they right. like the, like they they are almost obsessing over it and fantasizing like, well, what if what if society does collapse? What if I can't buy food? What if you need to chill out until that actually happens because Al, you know this from military experience, you don't panic because panic will get mm-hmm. you killed, right? Yeah. And these people yeah. are literally and and I say that in the most extreme circumstances anyways but these people are panicking and at this point in in my opinion there's nothing to panic about yet until this virus starts hitting flu death numbers in in those percentages then i'm honestly not that worried about it i mean uh, the the numbers currently right now survivability rate is 97 percent, and people are still just going nuts and to include taking shit out of context like that and another circumstance comes to mind the uh, press conference that trump did uh earlier last week there was a video going around Facebook and Chris, I think I uh, tagged you in it, but this YouTube content creator, I forget his name or his channel, but the guy had completely forgot to take his fucking lithium that day, apparently, or just willfully cherry picked the shit out of this, this entire, the press conference was like almost two hours long. He took a little snippet of, I think it was like maybe three to five minutes worth or whatever. And he made it sound like Trump is deep state and all this other stuff. And and for the listeners, I'll see if I can find the video and post it to the the page and I'll post it to my personal page too. But basically what it was, was Dr. Fossey, the head of the NIHS uh, was answering questions for the press. Uh, Secretary of state, Mike Pompeo was answering questions. Um, And then Trump was kind of off to the side and he was given like, you know, the, the remarks as the person was talking, you know, kind of little sidebar type stuff. Uh, The context to it was that, um, a reporter had asked, you know, when did the, you know, the U.S. find out that China had a problem with this, this virus, this, this epidemic in their area at the time? 
Dr. Fossey answered and said, you know, the official date, I think was, if I remember correctly anyways, he said uh, January 23rd is when the, the U.S. was officially notified. But for weeks and weeks prior to that, Europe and the U.S., uh, pretty much the whole Western world was asking China, you know, are you guys okay over there? Do you have a problem? Do we need to help you? And China was denying their problem all altogether. No, we don't have, you know, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing well, here. They, but whatever. Didn't they like falsely report their numbers too? Oh, yeah, of course. The CCP is, they're full of shit. They're a communist government and they don't want to admit yeah. that they have problems because that would just prove that they're fallible. Their, their beliefs sure. and their practices in the communist government is fallible. And that's been the case forever. So Mike Pompeo, um, once Dr. Fossey leaves the podium, I mean, within a second, he comes on and he says, look, you know, this is a live exercise. Like we're handling this the best we can or whatever. And, and we, China didn't tell us till late January. And the part that this guy got hung up on was like the live exercise thing that Pompeo said, because as he said, this is a live exercise. Trump kind of leans in and, you know, as a side comment was like, oh, they, they should have let us know. They should have let us know. And this guy took it as, oh, the U.S. government is doing this as an experiment. They planned, they planned this, blah, blah, blah. It was yeah. When had the guy just, things. yeah, if the guy had just listened to like not even a minute prior, he would have clearly caught in the, or caught that context that Trump was referring to China. China right. should have let the rest of the world know in an adequate manner so that everyone else could have jumped on board. We could have restrained this to, you know, as minimal damage as possible. But instead, China wanted to fucking lie about it, not tell everybody else that they were having a problem. They didn't restrict their, you know, travel and all this other stuff, whatever. They let people go all over the fucking world just like they always do. And it spread from there like wildfire. And we wonder why, like, oh, you know, how did this happen? How did it spread so quickly? Mm, there's one country involved. That it's stemmed from, just like the last what five uh, pandemics in the world, they they all came out of China, right? But God forbid you call it the fucking China virus or the Wuhan virus because that's racist and insensitive or whatever else. And it's like, do you not realize that medical doctors and scientists literally will name diseases and conditions, viruses, whatever else, based on the geographic or ethnic location of where that happened? That's just fucking science. People can't even handle that. But they're the first ones to spout though. Oh, I know science. No, you don't. Right. Shut up. Oh, Sorry, not Trump for saying kung flu. <laughs> kung flu. Yeah. I don't know. If he, <laughs> I don't know if he said that, but I know that he's gotten a lot of shit for calling it the the Wuhan virus and the China virus. Well, kung, I could see him saying kung flu, and if he did, that's fucking. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <Did> I, <laughs> I really don't think he would. Maybe not out out loud on you know at a press conference, but maybe behind the doors he would. Yeah. Well, you, it's pretty fucking ever, epic. Have you ever have you ever heard Steven Crowder do his his uh, impression of Trump? I've caught it one time before and it was fucking dude, hilarious. Dude, I want it now. I want it now. I want him to say "kung flu." <laughs> but Why are you calling well, it China virus? China. You know, something else. So, something else that cracks me up though is a lot of these people. A lot of these people who are who are posting the, the doing the whole fucking. Facebook journalists meme fucking thing and saying that our government's fucking us over intentionally. And yes, do I, do I think they could take less in taxes? Of course I do. Do I, you know, shit like that, but you know what? You can't, you can't do anything about it right now. And I'm not saying roll over and take it up the fucking ass, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You have these motherfuckers saying, I think we need a revolution. Well, Hey, by all means, run run straight into where the gunfire is coming, then, because you're not you're not going to do anything. And those are usually, yeah. and 
I'm not saying that everybody who's complaining about losing their job and having no income made poor life choices, but a lot of the people, a lot of the people who, who, who are saying that in my experience, anyway, some of the people that I know who, of course, no one wants to lose their fucking job. Of course, everybody wants to have money to go have fun yeah. and shit. But a lot of the people that are saying shit like that are people who did make poor life choices. I'm not saying I would have been prepared for this fucking five years ago, but I've made, and I'm not saying I've made the best life choices, but I've made life choices that have allowed me to deal with this in a very comfortable way. And yeah, and I'm not saying I'm any better than anybody else. I'm sure someone's going to come up to you and say, Oh, that guy's a dick, but sorry, but some of these people have made horrible life choices. Maybe you should have fucking, maybe you should have bought one less vodka fucking Red Bull while you were working and fucking put that money away. So you could have fucking spent, you know, money on groceries for your fucking kids and shit. Don't fucking, that's, that's that's something that makes me mad. Yes. Do I think the government doesn't always care about us, but a lot of people need to realize that if, if you feel that way, then maybe you should take care of your fucking self because they're the same people who couldn't fucking take care of themselves, take care of themselves if the government didn't fucking do it for them anyway. Yeah. So, you know, a couple things. Just, yeah. Sorry. Uh, you're good. Yeah. A couple of things that uh, I've kind of taken away from this whole Corona cri- or crisis right now is that uh, the people need to wake up a little bit. And, you know, we say that a lot, but what I'm referring to here is that you look at how well the government's handling this uh, for the time being, you know, you look at how the grocery stores can't handle people hoarding basic commodities and stuff. And I'm going to touch on that here in a little bit too, but it's like, if anyone's taking anything from this, it should be the simple fact that the government really can't keep control over anything. They can't, really do shit for you if you weren't considering long-term storage of food and stuff like that before for rare instances like this maybe you should now and if you don't own any guns to defend yourself and your property and your loved ones maybe you should after this or even now if you if you can do it um i, I saw a thing on uh, i can't remember what fucking website it was here damn i should have had it pulled up but I, I think it was honestly msnbc or something like that they were reporting that uh for the month of March, we saw the highest firearm purchases in history um, or like in the last 10 years or something like that. Two and a half million firearms were sold on the East Coast alone. Jeez. And it's and it's not just, you know, the regular, you know, conservatives, people that appreciate firearms, stuff like that, that have always been that way. It's been a lot of uh, liberal uh, people, people that have never bought guns before, brand new gun purchases. They right. went into the stores and they were buying up everything. A, a buddy of mine in New York, um, there's a town called Cohoes. There was a, a gun store right up there. The dude sold every shotgun that he had in stock, which was just over 200. He sold them all in one day. And uh, <laughs> he was explaining how some of the customers that came in, again, first-time gun gun owners, you know, or purchasers anyways, they didn't really believe in guns up until this point. Right. Um, but they were pissed that, like, what do you mean I have to wait 14 days? And he's like, mm-hmm. what can I tell you? Welcome to gun control. These, these are the, you know, the acts and the, and the laws that you help pass. To restrict right. people from owning their guns and whatever the fuck else and putting all these, you know, bullshit rules onto it. But yeah, the dude sold 200 in a single day and sold out pretty much all of his stock, all of his shotguns anyways. But people, you just got to realize the government really can't fucking help you. You are responsible for you and yours. And that's really all it boils down to. Well, um, 
There's no oh, more. Go ahead, check my bad. Oh, sorry. There's uh, no more 14 day waiting list here in, in New York. No oh, more. No, um, because of an executive order the other night, um, Cuomo closed every gun store in New York. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to shed some, you know, a silver <laughs> lining to that, but I guess not. No, that guy's an asshole. He would never do anything nice. Goddamn Debbie Downer over here. <laughs> Dude, he's the biggest piece of shit governor we've ever had. Yeah. Oh, well, God, and, got... and you know, like like I said uh, when we tried doing that last podcast, I don't, I don't. I used to think in terms of like a whole douchebag doomsday prepper, you know, that was when, that was when I wanted to be prepared, but not like, like, for example, I saw, I saw a show on some family that was like doing the whole doomsday prepper thing. They had those, those hollow, those hollow core doors. This broad had her husband fucking take one side off of the, like the whole door itself so she could stuff fucking food in there and shit. And it's like, God damn, you're fucking stupid. But I, but I like, for example, I bought a, I bought a bunch of ammo two fucking weeks ago just to prepare for people who are taking this like to the extreme. The ones, the ones yeah. who are like, Oh, we need to have a revolution. Cause those are the people that are going to do dumb shit. If it comes yeah. down to the fucking wire, those are the people who are going to be at your, they're going to be fucking goddamn. They're going to be the fucking package thieves when you order some fucking goddamn toilet paper from Amazon or some shit, you know? Right. And, <laughs> and uh, well, if you're going to steal my shit, you're going to get fucking shot kind of thing is the way I think about it. But it's like, I don't, I don't, I guess I wouldn't say I necessarily prepare, prepare for the disaster itself. I just prepare for the people who act fucking dumb because of it. And, and there's the a lot of people who, excited for this. You what? There's a lot of people that are excited for for some sort of revolution, and those are oh, the fucking yeah. scary ones. Yeah, exactly. And like like Jesse said, he and I were talking. Oh, it was like four or five days ago, and he's like, "Those are the people that are going to get people fucking killed." I mean, this and it's the fucking truth. You, they're they're the same. They're the a lot of them are the same fucking people who can't fucking who can't handle living their life without fucking cops too. There's the reason we have fucking cops kind of thing, you know? And yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I, I could go on and on about those fucking goddamn assholes and not to say I haven't done dumb shit in my fucking life, but I never fucking repeated the offense. And I've, you know, I've learned from my fucking mistakes, but I mean, it's like, you know, broad who constantly gets fucking knocked up and never fucking learns. Oh, have you ever heard of contraceptives? But you know, I mean, oh, that's a whole other episode, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's, oh man, <laughs> but it's yeah. yeah, yeah. Talking about um, you know, people not being prepared and trying to be prepared now, and then potentially being stupid and you know, going after other people, whatever. Um, I'm looking at this thing here because I saw it a little bit ago. Oh, hold on a second here. Sorry, hold on just a sec, guys. Not prepared again. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're out of the doomsday club, Jesse. <laughs> no, sorry. My daughter came up to ask me if she could play Zoo Tycoon on Xbox. And I'm like, um, I was just yeah, going to say true. that. I was going to like, somebody, somebody interrupted him. He hit mute. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, and that's fine. I'm not really going to edit this a whole lot out of 
don't give a shit right now. But um, so, but just going looking at the preparedness and stuff and the overreaction of people. Because um, again, I think people honestly they want something bad to happen. They they want shit to happen. Um, yeah. Walmart being a huge corporation, obviously the largest retail in the world. I think next to Amazon anymore. Um, this article here is from ABC. Uh, they'll start. Walmart's going to begin limiting the number of customers who can be inside the store at any given time. Um, they're only going to allow, uh, let's see, it will not allow more than five customers for every 1,000 square foot of shopping space. So that roughly translates to 20% of each store's capacity. Um, I know that a friend of mine in Massachusetts, um, she had to wait 20 minutes just to get into the store in like a queue type thing. Uh, just so she can go in and get, uh, you know, vegetables from the, the fresh side of the, the store or whatever. This Last is just, Friday shopping. yeah, pretty much. I mean, and like, and I, I honestly, I hope I'm wrong, but if this shit continues to trend like this and they're literally shutting down everything, because here's my prediction. If shit continues to get worse, if it continues to get worse and they do end up putting, you know, the shelter in place orders and stuff and they start restricting travel, there's only a few ways that they can enforce that. In my opinion, they're going to shut down all non-essential businesses uh, and pretty much leave only groceries and gas stations open. And they're not going to be able to stop people from moving uh, to an extent. But what I can see them doing is blocking off entrance uh, or, you know, roads coming in and out of the city. So like at the outskirts of stuff, they're going to start blocking like interstates and highways, main travel areas. Um, but other than that, yeah, you'll be free to come and go, but you'll be essentially walled in by the police and or national guard, I guess, if they really take it that stupid, but yeah, people losing their minds. And now Walmart is enacting this, you know, restriction. And as far as I can tell, this is going to be every Walmart, whether it's Canada, us, Mm -hmm. whatever, only 20% of the store's capacity will be allowed in the store at any given time. And it's like, target did that here today. They just uh, said it, but they're allowing, um, the maximum capacity in at a time. And then when one person leaves, another can go in. So that's starting Sunday. Well, and, and to, and I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to find here in my notes, which article this was from. I think it was, Oh, it was the Texas Tribune. I found an article from them and uh, they said that they have shelter in place. I'm trying to, let me see, go through this here. Um, I think it was in, I want to kind of right off the cuff. I want to say it was in Laredo. Um, they're actually, the cops are, haven't, they haven't actually uh, cited anybody um, or find anybody for violating the shelter in place because uh, let's see, it says shelter in place laws. Uh, it says with some exceptions, nighttime curfew they have a nighttime curfew and uh they say if in fine blah goddamn if found in violation charges range from a thousand dollar fine to six months in jail but allegedly last resort and i guess they haven't they haven't actually enforced any of that or issued any citations either so you and not not to naysay what you you know i mean to to naysay your prediction about you know, shutting in the city and whatnot, but I highly, especially, yeah, Texas is, you know, full of gun toting nuts too, but, um, yeah. but there's like, I'm pretty sure, was it Dallas? I know there's some larger cities that are slowly getting progressive in the South, but. Oh, that whole state's going to be blue in less than five years. Yeah. And, but I honestly cannot see that happening in, in a close, like, 
the close proximity of states in the Midwest because there's there's just way too many way too many conservatives and Republicans. Not to say that I'm one, but um, I guess you could say that's kind of one of the benefits to living in a state like this. But yeah, but it's I don't know. I, I don't see I don't see the cops and the actual salty soldiers that know what they're fucking talking about and yeah. know 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 what they uh, swore in to do. You know, I don't I think, think a majority of them will will actually. Yeah, that, I, I don't think they will either. To be honest, because when it comes to the National Guard, uh, one thing that people I think don't realize. Um, civilians anyways is that these national guardsmen they live in the cities and towns um you know that they're they would be patrolling essentially or enforcing these draconian rules but uh so i i think they would be very conflicted in the ones that do end up you know staying on for that or total douchebags but that's all something to be speculated for the future now i should clarify my my prediction I think it would be more focused and more in particular to the major cities, like you said, Al. Right. Oh, right, right. Um, okay. Places, yeah, places like here, I doubt it would happen. And uh, right. Governor Nome here in South Dakota had actually made a public statement because so many people uh, in our state, anyways, a little podunk South Dakota, because, you know, God forbid <clears throat> coronavirus comes here, but, uh, and we already have it, anyways. But um, she flat out said, you know, I really want my constituents to, to consider what they're asking me to do because there's been people that are like, we need to shut the whole state down, stop, you know, stop people from traveling, right. issue the shelter in place, blah, blah. She's like, if I do that, the federal recommendations right now are that this is going to last till October. She's like, do you really want me to right. lock everything down till October? She's like, South Dakota wouldn't survive. So I'll do it, bitch. Yeah, like <laughs> we're struggling as it is with, you know, the non essential right. businesses being shut down. Well, I mean, the well, mom and pop shops are dying right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you make a great point because I mean, you have to take into consideration. Like my girlfriend, for example, she, she, a majority of her yearly income comes from the three months we have of summer, and she works yeah. at one of those. She works at the old time photo shop in Keystone, and she makes great money doing it. And those they're not open right now. Like she'd be. She she wouldn't be like I don't think she'd be full time quite yet. I think she said like in I don't know I, I can't remember March or is like sometime in March or early May, my April or God damn I can't remember what month. But at any rate, yeah. I mean, there's she can't go back to that job. We'll take that into consideration. I mean, you have a, a majority of South Dakota's income for the state you know comes from tourists paying for parking passes in the fucking in the black hills and you know that's gonna that's gonna impact us hard if and when this comes back around i mean it's i guess that's the that that's kind of i guess you could say i mean i could just be i'm just spitballing here but i mean that is one of the disadvantages of living in a place like this though is when you have these pandemics i mean if we're shut down for all summer i mean that's gonna that's gonna do some damage to our economy that's already garbage anyway yeah in south dakota we rely heavily on our uh tourism you know and that's partly why we have so many low-paying jobs and all that kind of stuff because we Uh, just don't have the the need or 
ability to have higher, better, higher paying jobs when we're so dependent on outsiders coming in essentially and, and spending their money here. And isn't um, this the 80th rally coming up? Is it the 80th? Uh, something, something like that. 79th, 80th, maybe. I, I can't I, remember. I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be one of the big ones. And even though, even though I'm like, even though I'm not a huge fan of it, and I, I do believe that Gnome needs to, because I do, I, I know it's kind of going down a rabbit hole, but it's, I, one reason why I disagree with the, the rally is because I, it's one of the highest times for uh, human trafficking in South Dakota, yet Gnome, oh, yeah. lets that, let, Gnome lets that go on, but she won't let, you know, like, you have, uh, God damn it, what's that dude's name? Um, he looks like a fucking rabbit. He was one of the, he was that gray-haired old bastard that wouldn't let a bunch of bands come here when, I know it was when I was younger anyway, but anyway, but uh, yeah, I mean. You're talking about the buffalo this, chip? No, no, I was talking about one. He used to be a city official, and he used to be on the fucking news. He wouldn't let a bunch of bands come here. That's neither here nor there. But at any rate, I mean, <laughs> the the rally is like a huge thing for Sturgis. I mean, you got to figure they have all those vendors paying for fucking uh, vent, like permits to be on the sidewalk and shit for their for their vending space, and right. you know that's that's a huge that's a huge thing for Sturgis. Cause I, I do know if you own, I guess I don't know now, but I, back when I was first got out of the Marine Corps in 2002, uh, if you owned a business in Sturgis, but you didn't keep it open during the winter time, you actually owed the city more money than you would have, if you did keep it open because you know, that's potential space for somebody who wants to have a year round business. Right. So, I mean, that's, if that gives, any of the listeners a perspective on how uh how much south dakota and specifically places like sturgis keystone like keystone is just not it's probably a, more than a ghost town right now it probably looks like it's been abandoned for years i mean jesus you know. <laughs> yeah sturgis i know it's even been hurting in previous years because the um city council there in Sturgis has been jacking up the vendor prices and just the prices mm. of everything overall. I mean, um, even with gas being cheap, uh, you know, these last couple of years here, the, the rally numbers have been dwindling because vendors are charging, you know, eight, six to $8 for a freaking long neck of Bud Light, you know, and it's like, who the hell wants yeah. to pay that? You know what I mean? Well, yeah, it used um, to be $5 at the, it was either the chip or the full throttle. I think it was the last time I went to one of those places was like probably about 10 or 11 years ago, but five dollars for a tall boy a pbr fuck you can buy one you can buy a six pack of tall boys at the convenience store for six or seven dollars yeah right yeah it's just it, the the slowly or the city has slowly been driving vendors and stuff away and people from coming up um because everybody price gouges like crazy you got everybody that rents out their lawns and their backyards and shit and then with the city increasing their permit fee for doing that renting out their personal space they up their charge and also their stuff and it really right. just my opinion, it comes down to the city of Sturgis being greedy as hell. And there's oh, even yeah. a, a, a lawsuit essentially right now. Really? Uh, the Jack Pine Gypsies, which is the, the oldest and probably one of the first motorcycle clubs in this area. Mm -hmm. um, they're the ones that started the Sturgis Rally. Well, they have the, you know, the hill climb area just out mm -hmm. to the outskirts of Sturgis. That's owned by the Jack Pine Gypsies. That's private property. Now, the city of Sturgis has wanted to annex that to include it. Um, and just because they're greedy as hell. 
and they're they're battling back and forth right now. And I think there was a decision made here in the last two weeks. I can't remember off the top of my head, but that that had been a huge deal for a couple of years that the city of Sturgis want to annex them for the, the you know property tax mm-hmm. and whatever the hell else type shit and sure. charge them for having their races and stuff or whatever. But it's like what the fuck? It's it's ridiculous. But South Dakota overall will suffer if we get shut down till October. We will suffer, um, especially the tourism just kind of going down here. Uh, in recent years and stuff, the rally taking its toll from cost of gas and prices and whatever the hell else. I mean, and then you shut down the whole state. South Dakota will be belly up. I mean, well, and I mean, hell, <laughs> even if, yeah, if even if they don't shut the state down itself, I mean, entirely, it's just a matter of if they're, you know, if, if people are doing their part and restrict, you know, if they're, if they're being, disciplined and actually doing their part in trying to contain the coronavirus yeah it's it's gonna hurt either way like you know yeah it, it doesn't matter if we're sh- if there's these shelter in place laws or if we're free to fucking come and go as we please it's not gonna fucking bode well because of course i'm sure there's gonna be some asshole that's like oh let's go to south dakota and on a vacation i mean fuck you know, there's less cases there, so let's, there's less chance of us getting it. You know, but yeah. But you, uh, real quick aside uh, thing here. Do you guys remember? Um, probably eight, ten years ago, roughly, there was that guy that flew in. Um, he landed in Arizona, and he was coughing and sick as hell, whatever else. And they ended up finding out that he had a uh, methylene-resistant version of TB that they couldn't cure, so they legit isolated this guy. And he was throwing a shit fit, obviously, because they wouldn't let him go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he couldn't see his family or whatever else. But they were like, you have to stay here. You have a, a, a strain of tuberculosis that we literally cannot treat. And I'm assuming that guy probably right. died shortly thereafter. But he was active. Um, like, right. he didn't have the latent TB. Like, he was coughing and droplets everywhere and all sort of stuff. Went through the airport and somewhere, I think it was Phoenix. But they literally quarantined that dude immediately uh, upon landing. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll have to look that up. But it's like... You know, obviously tuberculosis, that's a different disease, but similar spread, you know, droplets through the air, which again, that's all being <coughs> challenged, you know, you know, regarding Corona right now is, oh, is it right. airborne? Is it droplet? Is it this? Is it that? Blah, blah, blah. So everyone's shitting their pants and trying to protect against everything. But it's just, uh, it's crazy, you know. Uh, anyways, but I've rambled enough here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Chris, what, what do you got for us? Um, I know you've looked up a bunch of stuff here. Um, Jesus, God. well, I can just go on for about Cuomo for forever here, but um, <laughs> like the, the Pelosi, I um, I heard a lot of stories again about her, and I've uh, been reading on on her how she's um, they're they're now going to investigate Trump, you know, you know, because of how quickly he acted on it, you know, the locking the borders down when it was up, and when she was telling everybody that it was you know racist for him to do that, yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember the State of the Union, and I'm sure you guys have seen the, the clips today. The State of the Union, he talked about the coronavirus. So there's something serious happening over in China. We got to keep our eye on it. And you know, at the end of the, what this Pelosi do, she rips it up and throws it. You know, throws it. Yeah. Like, the stupid bitch. Just like, how much does she does she care about this country when she's doing that? And then, you yeah. know, and then try, and then with the the stimulus bill, trying to put all these things in there that are not necessary. I'm mean, like. As a, you know, as an independent, you know, even if I was a Democrat, I, I would have to say, oh, my God, these people are their fucking minds. I mean, this can't be real life with these people. Yeah. Right. It's just sickening that they're they're trying to further themselves rather than take care of the American people that they were elected to. 
Mm-hmm. So it just, I don't know. It just, I don't know. It makes me sick and I don't know. Yeah. Fearful. Well, I, I just don't understand how these people get voted for all the time. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I have a, I have a buddy, Carl, that I would say he's probably, he's, I would say he's probably left to center, but I don't know for certain. He's either left to center or he's a liberal. And this guy even said himself, he's like, people need to quit fucking focusing on Trump and just deal with this fucking virus. I mean, it shows a lot. It's pretty insensitive for just individuals in general to still be dredging the fucking pond while while there's a fucking crisis going on here, you know? And I mean, how that's just, I, I, I am in total shock and awe, just like you, Chris, it's one of those things where it's like, how can you, how can you even consider yourself, you know, a civil servant when you're, when you're just, you're worried about a fucking reelection. Yeah. Who fucking cares about the election at this point. I mean, right. And that's another thing I heard. They're going to try to make it. If this thing goes on further, they're going to make the Democrats are working on a way that you can vote from home. Now, if the Democrats are working on that, you know it's going to be fucking rigged, a hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how that's going to work. You know, you can see you can see Joe Biden getting uh, one hundred and seventy million votes. You know, everybody in the country, and Trump gets one single vote. You know, that's that's one of it I can see happening. Right. Yeah. That that's just ridiculous. Yeah. I, I don't know. But Pelosi pisses me off and I would like to point out that she pre tore that uh State of the Union address, the papers, because yeah. she's still I fucking feeble and that. weak that she couldn't <laughs> she couldn't do it <laughs> yeah. on her own. If you saw her she was had it underneath her desk trying to trying to tear it one piece at a time. Right. <laughs> Hand it off to like, someone else, tear this for me. <laughs> look like a child trying to tear up a phone book. Right. Yeah. Oh, she's that son of a bitch. She's the Carol Baskins of fucking Congress at this point. Like, <laughs> she could like that's perfect. What eighty-one-year-old oh, woman's tits are still that high on her chest? Oh, they gotta Do be what? like her tits. Her tits are still way up on her chest, like an eighteen-year-old. That's not possible. I think they're like legit fake, fake. Like that's just like a brawl with like some shit in it or something. Because I, I that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's either either that Jesse or it's like your. Uh... What were the shirt stays that you have for your uniforms? You remember those motherfuckers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she got fucking shirt stays, like Just basically that. suspenders holding up her titties. Right. <laughs> um, a banner on Fox News. Biden campaign says he now supports Trump's China travel ban. Weird. Weird how that happens. I mean. <laughs> Tell me, you know, if I sound crazy here, but China should have locked their shit down and stopped anybody from leaving their fucking country. Yeah, I oh I totally agree and and you know and it's like I tried uh, I tried kind of redacting a statement that I'd said on one of your posts this last podcast we tried to record Jesse um, about how you'd said something about how you know China intentionally intentionally did that and after having a conversation with my uh, with my financial advisor um, he's one of my old Marine Corps buddies uh, you know he's one of my senior Marines but. Uh, he he was telling me how fucking after he told me that China has fucking like they uh, harvest organs and shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, maybe I better uh, maybe I better 
go back to Jesse and tell him, okay, well, you weren't uh, too far off the cuff there. I mean, that's, that's well, true. And, I mean, you figure excuse me. how, how well our economy has been doing for, you know, the past four years or so. It's, yeah, you know. It, well, I, I kind of mentioned it. Yeah, I kind of mentioned it um, when Chris and I did the kind of the first episode there about this coronavirus and stuff when this had just mm-hmm. started kicking off in the U.S. and everything and everyone was clueless and we were literally knew nothing about it essentially. But when you look at all the, the precursors to the coronavirus, it just seems all too coincidental. It seems all too convenient that right. magically this virus pops up at a freaking China. You look at everything that was going on in China. You had the Hong Kong protests. You had the trade war was just coming mm-hmm. to an end. Uh, or just came to an end at that point. The U.S. came up on top on that. China got the shit end of the stick. You know they weren't happy about it. You know they just lost out on probably billions of dollars potentially, whatever that number was. And Trump was trying to return a lot of manufacturing trust, whatever, blah blah blah. Meanwhile, while you know the the Communist Party's pissed about that and their uh, whatever their president is, um, Winnie the Pooh, anyways, uh, they were dealing with at any given time a million Hong Kong protesters on the streets. That looks bad right. for a communist government, plain and simple, because in oh, a communist right. government, you have to have complete obedience. We, we know this from histories, examples, whatever. So to have your people protesting like that openly for the world to see is a black eye for that communist party. Well, so, sure. what, and, and honestly, I think it's a, it was a genius. Uh, plan and execution if China did in fact release this and I'm sure we'll find out eventually if this was something intentional you know we'll dig up and something on it but if there was a way to get back at the rest of the world for sticking a knife in you on trade and imports and all this other stuff and manufacturing plus you want to get rid of all your old people who are burdensome and you know sick and whatever else and your protesters all at once boom release a virus a weaponized virus or disease like that because it sure as shit worked there's nobody protesting anymore one of the, I think one one of the other sore thumbs that kind of sticks out is uh, the fact that they did skew their numbers. I mean, what you know, what a better way to do that? Yeah. And on top on top of everything else, you know, if you're gonna <clears throat> if you want this thing, if they manufactured it, obviously they tested it before they released it on everybody or whatever. And of course, they're gonna know how fast it can potentially spread. So. And I've seen a lot of reports of that coming up too from uh, a lot of the mainstream media stuff. And granted, mainstream media take it with a grain of salt, but it's right. becoming a more trending uh, headline. Is that you know the coronavirus probably was in the United States and around the world a lot earlier than uh, first reported. You know, January December timeframe. I've even had friends call me and they're like, "Hey, doc, you know, like, what? You know, tell me if I'm crazy. What do you think about this? You know, I was feeling like shit back in September. It wiped me out for about a week. I had a weird dry right. cough. I was fevery. Yeah. Felt like shit. And he's like, and then it went away." You know, I didn't have to go in nothing. There's a lot of that too. You know, a lot of, a lot of people, I've had three friends in particular that I'm not going to name them, but three friends in particular hit me up either on a phone call or Facebook messenger and were like, dude, what do you think? Do you think that I had the fucking virus? And I said, well, I can't say for sure, obviously, because testing didn't even exist back then that we knew of anyways, but it sure as shit sounds like it. Like I wouldn't be surprised because how many times you go into the doctor's office with a, a viral upper, upper respiratory infection, they test you for the flu, they test you for pneumonia, all this other shit, and you're negative on everything. But they just say, you know, if your symptoms get worse or you start having difficulty breathing, life-threatening problems, come back in or go to the ER. I mean, better yet, when's the last time a flu has wiped you out for five weeks? You know, I've, I've had friends, I've had friends say that they've, they've felt like total dog shit for five weeks, you know? Yeah. And I've, I can honestly say that, I mean, the last, I know this, this holds no bearing on the coronavirus, cause it's, but uh, I haven't been sick since like 20 fucking 15, 
But yeah, um, I know the last time I remember getting sick and it was just a common cold, <clears throat> it took me down for maybe a week. And yeah, I was, I was out of work for maybe two or three days. <laughs> How many uh, podcasts did we miss in January when I told you, I was like, yeah, I got to pass. I don't feel good tonight. Yeah. I was hacking yeah. my brain out. Yeah. You never know. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I remember that quite a bit, you know, I, uh, yeah, Chris, you were sticker than shit there for a while. Yeah. And, and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the flu. I don't know what the hell it was. It just, you know, I couldn't, it was almost the point where I was coughing so bad. I was going to throw up, but, um, it never felt, I never felt anything bad in my lungs. Like I couldn't breathe that well, but you know, so who the fuck knows what it was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's kind of where I've been lately. I haven't, I haven't had, I haven't had like shortness of breath or any other symptoms like a fever or anything, but I've been coughing, but I smoke too. So, I mean, that don't fucking help. That's it's kind, of, yeah. <laughs> kind of what I attribute it to, but I mean, my, my, uh, like I was feeling like garbage today, but I attribute that to my goddamn diet. Cause I, I went from, went from eating lean ass beef to fucking deli express for two fucking days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Tomorrow will be seven days without a cigarette. What's that, Chris? Um, Tomorrow will be seven days without a cigarette. You're a dick. I wish I could do that. You know what? My toilet's all right now, Jesse. It was more than anything. It was this morning that kind of prelude to. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, going back to your initial uh, topic there, Al, about the overreach and stuff like that, and people being idiots about it, I, I honestly pity my fellow Americans because the ones that are so willing to give up, you know, whatever freedoms we have left, essentially, because we all know the government's been chipping away at our freedoms for quite a while. You know, we started out as a Republican or a Republic, excuse me, not Republican, a Republic, constitutional Republic. In some way, some point in time, we started slipping in this democracy bullshit. Um, that's my best example because if you look in the Constitution, nowhere does it ever mention a freaking democracy. Like we've always been a republic, as uh, you know, it's in our Pledge of Allegiance, stuff like that. Now, if I'm wrong, anybody out there listening, correct me. But as far as I know, we've always been a constitutional republic. We slipped in this democracy stuff, and next thing you know, they're chipping away at everything. And I think the conditioning has gone so well now that you've got people that are literally willing to barricade themselves in their homes for a little bit of a you know sense of security that the government is trying to promise them. Now, well, and, another oh, a, a great, sorry. Sorry. Uh, just real quick though, like um, the government is never going to forget how easily people were willing to just bend to their will when it came to this coronavirus bullshit. And another great example that we saw that was right after 9-11, the weeks and months, and even a few years immediately following 9-11, look at all the shit that we passed. We had the physical courts going nuts. We had the Patriot Act that continues to be renewed, which you know allows the spying on not only our allies and other nations, but American citizens. The NSA is tracking everything we do with our phones. They collect all of our metadata. Hell, at any point in time, they can turn on your mic and your camera and watch you. Shit like, you know what I mean? And that's proven. Uh, but yeah. people are so have been so conditioned to that that that's a daily norm. You know what I mean? And and now with this stuff, you look at when the Boston bomber hit. God forbid, I, my heart goes out for those families and the people that, that lost their lives. But they locked down Boston. Nobody was allowed to come out of their fucking house. The, you saw the pictures of the SWAT members and stuff, like delivering milk to a family because they literally weren't allowed to go to the damn fucking grocery store. Was that warranted at all? Absolutely not. 
because they already knew who the suspect was. They already had visual information, everything. They had a complete dossier on this kid, you know, the one that survived. Um, and they ended up, they, they found him hiding in somebody's boat, if I remember correctly, shot the hell out of him and all sorts of stuff and then hauled him away. But why did you lock down the citizens of Boston? And those people in Boston were fucking, okay, we'll go inside. We won't come out. Right. They were so fucking willing to do it. And I'm granted the extreme in this situation isn't there quite yet, but the simple fact that the mentality is still there, that people are so willing to be like, we've got people, uh, buddy of mine in upstate New York again, um, I'll just call him Sean. His name's Sean. Was telling me that uh, people are becoming literally fucking hysterical up there. They're punching Asian Americans if they don't have a mask on or gloves. Some sweet little yeah Asian woman, a real petite woman, got punched in the mouth the other day. The the dude broke her jaw. I said, "Where's your fucking mask?" That's up here. Yeah, in my neighborhood. I don't know about your neighborhood. Uh, I think it was somewhere in Albany. But yeah, some some freaking Chad looking dude. Punch some lady, yeah. Punch some lady in the mouth because she, some Asian woman in the mouth because she didn't have a mask on. Broke broke the poor lady's freaking jaw. Now what? What the hell does she have to do with anything? Right. You know. Well, and um, well that that brings me to a point, Mac. Mac, your guest you had on one of the you know for I think your last two your last two episodes. He went to the grocery store today just for a fucking roast, and yeah. some old some old lady said said to him, "Where's your mask, sir?" And it's like, what? The fuck's wrong? With you? I know, I know, he's not Asian, but I mean, at any rate, I mean that's. Oh my god, no! On, you know, <laughs> Mac is definitely not Asian. He's too tall. <laughs> yeah, is it? People are really just going nuts because they don't know their elbow from their ass when it comes to this. And I'm not a virologist. I'm not a doctor. Or whatever. I do have some medical experience, but we don't even know how this virus is being spread and they're, I, I get, they're trying to cover all bases and stuff like that, but they're literally hysterical at it at this point, yelling at Mac for not having a mask on in the store. Right. What and I'm going to, this kind of, I'm going to send you something I put in my notes here for this whole podcast. Um, I found it in this, um, this article, this Atlantic article and the Atlantic obviously being kind of left to center. Um, yeah. I'm just going to show you what I have in my notes and Facebook Messenger. I'll send it to both you guys here in our group chat. But it actually touches on it touches on. Uh, I'm without getting into complete details here. Let me see. I'll just try and read the first few sentences. But they uh, they see it says we presented a nationally represent uh, nationally representative sample of 3,000 U.S. residents with eight possible policy responses to the outbreak all of which may be unconstitutional, including forced quarantine in government facility, criminal penalties for, let me see, for spreading misinformation and banned even, um, like shit like that. And if you guys want to read through this or skim through it quick, uh, might be able to touch on some of this stuff you're talking about, Jesse, because it actually, it actually, uh, it, it goes alongside of what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh man, sent me an essay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, if you there's there's a lot there, but it's it's all of it pretty much touches on pretty much what it basically is saying that um out of their out of their samples there was like I want to I want to say they were they basically said eight if I remember correctly they basically said eight out of ten people um 
eight out of 10 people agreed to that these overreaches are necessary and yeah. accept them. Yep. Yeah. I'm skimming through it right now. Yeah. Um, majority of respondents supported all eight of these policies, most by considerable margins. If that doesn't fucking scare my listeners out there, like to the, the truth of this, the reality of this, that people are literally are completely okay with doing whatever the hell they're told by the government. Um, I mean, you know, when it, when it comes to this, it's ridiculous. Use your fucking head. Use, that's, that's all I'm saying. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to fucking by any means fearmonger or any of that garbage but for for people to agree that like the one that that got me the most was and i i want to say i think when uh we were supposed to do this podcast uh the first time that i had said something about some interesting stuff about newark and i want to say that it was in newark new jersey that the whole uh misinformation thing you can be mm-hmm. like legally penalized or or reprimanded for spreading misinformation and of of course i don't agree with misinformation but it's gonna fucking happen i mean if you think if you think about it this virus is like oh what's i don't know what the word it's it progresses so quickly that on that um on that uh that update that i watched with mayor allender he even said that the information they released two days later you know, it's almost like a, when you buy a computer, a year later, it's almost obsolete. Like it's, it's, you know, they come up, they come up with shit so quick that, you know, with like technology and stuff, and this virus is the same is the same way. Yeah. You know, it progresses so fast and uh, evolves. That's what I was looking for. It's kind of evolving at a cyclic rate. So, you, it's how can you how can you say you know then you can say well that uh, Dr. Fauci or whatever was that he's even giving this information because of what he knows from two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I just, found, just found something uh, real quick, um, just to get back to your one story about uh, upstate. Um, it was actually uh, in New York City that a man had um, punched an Asian woman for not wearing her mask. Um, nothing funny about it, um, but the story, you know, except for the writing of the story, they're calling it a coronavirus hate crime. Didn't even know there was such a thing of that. Yeah. But if they had put that in there. But yeah, that was a uh, um, an older woman, and um, she was taken to Bellevue with a dislocated jaw. Unfortunately, that was just uh, not too long ago. So sorry about that. No, no, I appreciate the correction. Um, I I don't mind being corrected. So if I say something inaccurate or something totally fucking goofy, by all means, guys, correct me. And that same goes for my listeners too. <laughs> um, yeah, don't be afraid to correct me. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's ridiculous. I mean it. I'm not saying it's to the extreme, but the mentality is the same of how any type of racism essentially like that, where you're literally targeting people, um, Asian Americans, World War II, uh, you know, they were rounded up, put into internment camps along with Italian Americans because they were considered a, a plausible threat to the U.S. government and the people of the United States. We rounded up millions of people uh, with no credibility, no probable cause, no warrant, nothing. Rounded them up, put them in internment camps and didn't let them out till after the war was done. And now we have another perfect shining example of literally somebody punching a woman in the mouth because she didn't have a fucking mask on and God forbid she happened to be of Asian descent. Absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And and, and also, like you said, Chris, I want to point that out that that took place in New York fucking city. One of the liberal meccas of this country, New York City. 
And yet everywhere else that voted for Trump and is a red state, we're the racist and we're the, the redneck hillbilly bad guys, right? Yep. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of weird because uh, everybody says, you know, we're part of New York. You know, when they think, you know, I, I tell you, well, you've lived here, so you know. But, like, if you, I'll tell somebody, yeah, I'm from New York, and they, they automatically think the city. But, like, where I where we're from here in the Capital District, it's not like that. There's no racism in this area. Maybe a little bit. You might see a little bit, but it's not like that. You can go down to Albany. No one's going to kick your ass because of your color. You're not going to walk down there and call someone the N-word. You know, it's it's not like that. Down the city, they just punch you in the face for no fucking reason because that's, that's – the way they are oh no if you if you're not wearing a mask right now that that's grounds that's like uh right maybe she was a nazi or something i don't know because you know that's a that's been deemed okay by social justice warriors it's okay to punch right. nazis right it, I'm there's not no black people in, uh, in albany throwing uh, buckets of water on the albany cops you know this it's yeah. not happening <laughs> <laughs> they're running wild honestly and, it, and i'm not saying that it's just them either so that whole mentality was pushed by cuomo and people that public officials that are clearly anti-cop which is kind of self-defeating in that aspect but one thing i do want to point out about this whole thing is the hypocrisy of the people that are losing their minds and going hysterical over this was that you remember just a couple months ago um you know we had the whole anti-boomer movement essentially of millennials and gen z more in particular gen z uh, millennials, you know, we're in our thirties now and we all have families and stuff like that. We don't have time for that shit. We're not the ones really struggling anymore. Most of us are somewhat organized and have our lives together to an extent. It's the Gen Z people that are the ones really pushing for socialism and all that kind of stuff. But we went from the term okay boomer to, you know, as a derogatory slur essentially to shut old people up in that from that era to won't somebody think of the boomers, you know, at this point, because that's the biggest argument that I hear when it comes to this quarantine and stay-at-home mandates and all sort of shit is like, oh, you could potentially spread it to someone else. Since when do you give a shit? Because they were the ones that were preaching all this, you know, bullshit, the okay boomer stuff and the, we need to get them out when you do this, that they're stupid, whatever. They're, we're living with their consequences or, you know, their actions essentially. And now it's, won't somebody think of the boomers? <laughs> right. Like, honestly, well, like, what the hell? What the hell? Who's making this shit? I have no idea. Well, and you know, I was when I was when I was sitting at uh, I finished up that security post this morning and was reading some of the course material that uh, I had to order like a hard copy of a book for uh, these security courses I'm going through and stuff. And uh, one of it was it was kind of I took I thought I took a picture of it with my phone so I could actually mention it like verbatim in the podcast. So I didn't misquote anybody, but in this book, it was, it's about, uh, it's about, uh, basically union strikes and how to deal with it in, you know, a security arena. Well, um, they were talking about way back in the day when you had, uh, Norwegians, Italians, and, uh, Irishmen, uh, you know, uh, migrating to the United States. Yeah, for a better life, there's there was a quote in this book that just to break it all down in nuts and bolts, they were basically like subhuman trash, and a majority, a majority of those, um, a majority of those uh, national uh, nationalities, would you call them? Uh, they're they are white. And, you know, going off of your whole social justice thing here, it's like, well, when, when, when have whites been persecuted? Well, 
sorry, but back back then when you know and when you had the you had all the Irish Irish migrating to West Virginia because nobody else wanted them anywhere else. That's why there's that's why there's so much Irish lineage in West Virginia. That's, yeah, you know, I can. My uh, ex-wife was basically who gave me the rundown on that whole thing. And but uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy the what I mean. It's crazy what a virus would you know will do for social justice warriors. You know, it's yeah. You know, they talk well and. You know, to touch on what you guys were talking about earlier about Trump calling it the Wuhan and all that. Um, well, I mean, is it, it? It only seems like they're worried about something if it's in a negative connotation. Whereas you have Korean barbecue. I mean, why is you know yeah. why? Or what are we supposed to call Chinese food now if, if it's racist? Right. right. Like, do we just call it by the dishes or? <laughs> I don't. I don't even know anymore. China, China food. Yeah, China. China food. Ethnic food yeah, I, from the vast Oriental. I don't know. It, well, and it, it goes back. It goes back to what you said before. People are worried. People are worried about being offended. Well, I'm sorry. This virus doesn't discriminate. I mean, whether oh my god, black, yeah, Asian, white, or any of that. So why even worry about what it's called? That's not gonna. That's not gonna solve any problem. Yeah, it's you know, it's just I, a it's a feel good thing. It's it's people emotionally grandstanding again because oh my god, you know that it, yeah it's totally offensive. But honestly, who cares about your damn feelings at this point? Because again, it, this virus is a serious thing. It's it's obviously serious. People are dying. Uh, people are being hospitalized. A lot of people are being affected, and and most people are asymptomatic and just spreading it. Whatever. But if you've got time to bitch about what we're calling it your priorities and your focus are in the wrong area. Like, I'm sorry, oh, sorry, not sorry. That's where those, that's where those Facebook journalists, you know, stand up. And like you said, they just grandstand because I mean, they, it's, they're more worried about their Facebook, um, their, their uh, Facebook status and keeping yeah, friends and getting clicks more than they're worried about their, their grandma even catching this shit, you know? Yeah, it's, it's the majority of the social justice movement. And I know I wish we had their podcast from the last time we recorded, but I think we're all on the same page when it came to them because their emotional grandstanding and all that kind of stuff is they're just really looking for gratification from their peers. In my opinion, it's all social acceptance. They want to feel like they have value, you know, amongst their social crowds. So mm -hmm. the louder they are, the more ridiculous shit they spout. Um, you know, you look at the syndicates like vice and Vox and stuff, pure social justice cancer like fountains you know and it's all gratification from peers that's really all it is i don't think they really give a shit about those people it's just who can care more who can shout the loudest who can you know express the most emotion because let's be honest for a lot of the social justice warriors and, and leftists in general emotion dictates their policy we've seen that time and time again you know but that's really all that's all they're looking for is acceptance from their peers and it's a it's a gratification type thing in my opinion it's ridiculous but AOC, AOC is perfect example. Um, yeah, yeah, and she's yeah. a fucking congresswoman. God help yeah. us. Um, all the all the Chinese people are losing their businesses because people aren't going to their restaurants right now. Well, the fucking city shut down. You dumb bitch. What are you, what are you bitching about? 
They can even go there anyways if they wanted. The fuck? Right. I wanted I wanted I wanted Great Wall fucking two nights ago and I couldn't even fucking get it. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, local restaurant in Rapid City for those that don't know, but yeah their wonton well, soup is badass by the way. I freaking love their wonton oh, soup. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Don't even that's a whole that's a whole different rabbit hole. Maybe you can have a podcast and get yeah, our favorite Chinese wall. dishes. <laughs> but uh well and I know that last podcast I'd mentioned that YouTube that YouTube channel Atheism is unstoppable. That guy that guy is a lot of people um, they mislabel him. He actually is a Democrat. He if he if he was living in the United States when uh, it was Trump versus Hillary, he said he would have voted for Hillary. But a, a lot of people mislabel him as a Republican or conservative because yeah. of the shit he says. Like for example, today he put out he put out a new video, and it was another. He he absolutely he despises the Young Turks, but he he melts them every chance he can get. Well, he did a video on that Gavin Long. I don't know if you remember Gavin Long. Yep. But he he did a video on uh, how he was a Young Turk supporter and how the Young Turks basically he took he took what they said to heart about you know about white people and uh, just. Today, he did another video about another Young Turk supporter that killed four that killed four white people, and the Young Turks didn't even touch on that. And what's that tell you? You know what I mean? They, of course, the Young Turks. There's, there's like, I think, uh, I think one one of the guys that um, that kind of started it, or actually, or rather, he fund he helped fund. Jank before Al Jazeera um, gave him money. He he's Jewish, but he's still white. I mean, there's like two or three, maybe four white people on that show, and they just have just they're just saturated in white guilt. But I yeah. mean, they won't touch they won't touch on incidences when oh, and what I did forget to mention though is. The story that uh, Devin Tracy touched on today, it was, again, just like Gavin Long. And because Devin Tracy gets banned on YouTube all the time for for a lot of different shit, he called black people bleeps. Because if you mention, if you say the word black, you'll get banned. So it's kind of a joke. (laughs) Yeah. But at any rate, at any rate, it was a black, it was a black man that killed these four white people. One of the people was, was mulatto, but at any rate, again, the young Turks didn't touch on that. Of course they wouldn't. Yeah. Though. I mean, you know what I mean? They, they didn't even, they were, they were running away from the fact that Gavin long, you know, even supported that supported him or sorry, supported them. And it was, it was ridiculous, you know, and <clears throat> these, you have, and I think it was something you said last last podcast, Jesse. You kind of took the words out of my mouth that I've been thinking ever since. Like, the social justice thing has been a it's been a thing for a long time, but uh, shortly after it kind of got big, I got to thinking. I'm like, well, isn't it racist for isn't it racist for social justice white social justice warriors or even well, really, yeah, I mean, white social justice warriors to 
to say they're they're speaking up for people who don't have a voice. Well, so you're what you're saying is people of color don't have a voice. I mean, what yeah. makes you what makes you think you're just because you're white, then you feel like you have to speak up for these? I mean, what's what's your motive here? You know, like what are you what are you trying to prove? Because all you're proving is that you're white and you feel these people don't have a voice. Yeah. I think that right there says it all, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I said it, um, I, I've said it a couple of times right. and yeah, I, I did it on the last podcast that unfortunately went to shit. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you hit the nail on the head out. Like if you truly want to support minorities and stuff like that, stand behind them. Don't stand in front of them. Let them speak, right. you know, yeah, there you go. whatever their concerns are. That's the difference between supporting or in in supporting them and in, in these white guilt freaking idiots that are like, oh, I'm sorry for what my ancestors did to you, blah blah blah. Like, why would you even apologize for that? You weren't there. Did your family directly partake in stuff like that? Like, no, more most likely not. But yeah, if you truly want to support them, don't stand in front of them. Just stand behind them and support their cause. Don't speak for them because that's the worst form of racism that we have today, in my opinion, is trying to speak for someone else uh, that just so happens to be a different ethnicity or whatever. But where do you get off trying to you know, be their loudspeaker? They're being an ally. Yeah, the, the ally shit, like, that, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. But yeah, when people say that racism is alive and well and sexism, bigotry and all that kind of stuff, yeah, look no further than that because it's literally the equivalent of saying like, oh, you're too stupid, so I'll speak for you or you don't know what the, you don't know the words to say, so I'll say them for you. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It, it's fucking crazy. We're coming up on just about an hour, 20 minutes here, guys. Is there anything else you guys want to bring up about the coronavirus where we're still hot on the topic? Yeah, I want to ask you a question. See if you guys could answer this for me. Yeah, somebody's not somebody's not feeling good. Okay, um, might have you might get a fever. You're coughing a little bit. You go to the doctors. They're not going to test you, right? Don't you? Because I know here in New York they tell you to go home. You know, wait until you get more severe. Um, uh, what the hell am I trying to say? Severe um, symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. Then then when you're almost you know your lungs are about ready to collapse, that's when they test you and put you in the hospital. Right. Kind of wondering. How the fuck did Chris Cuomo get get a test so quick? And and he was not only that he was on um, Cuomo. Go, Governor Cuomo had a, a his daily press conference. Yes, you know every single day he's got it. Yesterday he brought his fucking brother on, you know, on a live satellite feed, and the guy looked like there was nothing fucking wrong with him. So how did that asshole manage to squeeze in a test before people that are legitimately sick? That just pisses me off. He's either, in my opinion, he's not actually sick. Or B, he's somewhat, or probably just asymptomatic in general. He may be, he may actually have it, but I think it's all publicity stunt for the most part. I think it is too. But I mean, like if if you don't have any symptoms, like how 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 do you get a test when when you can't when people actually feel sick, they can't get the test until they're you know really really fucked up. Yeah, CDC guidelines, as far as I know, are still the same as they've always been. Don't come to the hospital unless you're having life threatening problems. Um, you know, and they're not going to waste the test kits on you, even though test right. kits um, are more readily available, which I want to, I want to touch on that in just a second, but, um, yeah, the CDC guidelines have not changed as far as I know. Um, stay home. If you think you got it, don't go anywhere, quarantine yourself 14 days. If you start having life threatening problems or difficult to breathe in, whatever, then go in, then they'll test you, confirm you have it just in case you need a ventilator or ICU type stuff, intensive care. Now, 
people, especially in South Dakota, and I can only speak for South Dakota really, but I, I have noticed it a little bit around the country, different states, whatever too, but people are losing their minds again because all these tests are coming back positive. And now that more testing uh, is available, more rapid testing and stuff like that, and more test kits in general, yeah, we're having uh, an explosion of positive cases. You look at every freaking virus and pandemic or even epidemic in history, that's always been the case. The more the more that testing becomes available, of course, you're going to have more positives. That's fucking common sense. But people are like, oh my God, it's spreading like crazy, blah, blah, blah. Well, not necessarily. They're just testing more people. And the only reason they're testing people, to be honest, like you said, Chris, is if they have life-threatening injuries, but also the World Health Organization, the CDC, is still tracking how this is spreading. They're trying to predict mutations. They're trying to predict who it's affecting the most, and they're looking at all the numbers and stuff like that. So the increased test uh, results coming back positive, yeah, obviously. But what I want to see in the news is the negative test coming back, because I, I promise you, I would bet a year's pay on it, the negative tests coming back outnumber the positive ones well over tenfold. Guarantee it. But people, they never put that shit in the news. They don't ever put the shit in the news either, the how many people have recovered and, and who, in fact, is, is doing well and all this other stuff. But it's no, it's all the positives and all the deaths, which honestly, if you still look at the numbers, it's nothing like influenza. The world uh, death tolls are still a drop in the bucket compared to the, the number of, of you know, people actually infected with it. Oh, but Italy, but Italy. Italy had 60 million people in their entire country. And honestly, all it did was it wiped out their, their feeble. And I'm not saying this insensitively or whatever, not that I really give a shit, but what it did was it, it killed all their old people off essentially. And it killed off all their weak and feeble people that were already at risk every day of contracting even a fucking cold and dying from it or getting the flu and dying from it or whatever else. It killed all their old population off. Now Italy kind of did it to themselves. And I know I'm rambling here and I'm sorry guys, but their healthcare system was pure trash. They were not capable of handling anything like this. People started flooding the hospitals with legitimate life-threatening problems, and because of their socialist-style medicine, they they were overrun. Not only with the number of people, but they just did not have the resources in place or the contingencies and plans in place to handle this. The United States, we have a population of almost 400 million people now, and we're sitting here comparing ourselves to uh, an entire country that we could probably stuff into freaking Florida and parts of Alabama. Right. You know, like you can't compare that. You just cannot compare it. Two different styles of healthcare, cultures, ethnicities, everything, different genetic factors, uh, all that shit, money, everything. Stop comparing us to other countries. End rant. Go ahead, guys. <laughs> well, and there's uh, today. I heard today. I heard uh, about this uh, doctor Vladimir Zelenko. He uh, allegedly came up with. Let me see. I'm looking at this article right now, and uh, it said, God damn it, I just saw it too. It said that he had treated, um, he had treated, he actually had treated people who had corona like symptoms. So it says since early March, his clinics had treated people with corona, coronavirus like symptoms, and he had developed an experimental treatment consisting of that that anti-malarial thing, uh, that hydroxychloroquine or whatever it's called. Yep. I think, I think it's basically the same thing that, uh, that, that, uh, couple, I don't remember what state it was in, but there was that couple that one of the, the husband had drank, he had drank like a straight up cocktail of that fucking aquarium tank cleaner. And he ended up dying and she blamed president trump for it because he had mentioned it and it's like so what'd you do you just went to your local pet store and bought a fucking bottle of this shit and just chugged it like you were fucking pretty much or what 
I mean, you know, I mean, that's yeah. where that's, that's where you kind of have to also, in my opinion, you kind of have to also use your goddamn head, just like the people panicking about, you know, the whole, the whole yeah. thing. It's, well, I loved how um, I think it was ABC, possibly. I, I can't remember the, the uh, exact um, outlet that had initially reported that story, but they had it out for about two days and then retracted it immediately. No, no correction issued, but they retracted it and pulled the article from all sources after they found out that this guy went and bought a bag of this uh, chloroquine powder, chloroquine sodium, I think it was or whatever, for treating um, aquarium fish with different issues. Uh, yeah, but he apparently made a slurry out of it, slugged it, and it didn't sit well, and he ended up dying, which unfortunately, right. but yeah, that's natural selection right there, man. Why the hell? Right. Uh, did he even have coronavirus? I, I didn't see that anywhere, that the guy actually was confirmed to have coronavirus, and he was experimenting mm-hmm. with it, but yeah, it's absolutely incredible. The shit that people do, honestly, like, I feel bad, but then again, I don't, mm-hmm. because it's like, you went and bought fish tank cleaner. Well, no. What, what, article, what did you think was going to happen? Right? The article I found about this uh, Dr. Zelenko, it's, I'm, I'm like, um, I'm sure you know who Tim Poole is. Again, it's someone oh, else yeah. I mentioned in the last oh, podcast. Yeah. I, I, I try to use Tim Poole's method of finding a, uh, you know, a, a, an article that is kind of, I guess you could say, on the other side of the fence as I am to prove my point. But this is, this is a New York Times article. But the only problem with it is that that the headline to it is touting virus cure. And in quotations, it says simple country doctor becomes right wing star. So, of course, they're going to try and demonize the fact that, you know, President Trump got a hold of this and everything. But um, it's I mean, I, I guess you if you if he if he allegedly cured people who had corona-like symptoms it wouldn't do the left any good to say that whether he did or didn't of course nobody really knows except for the doctor himself but uh yeah if they actually did have coronavirus it wouldn't do any good for the left to report that oh yeah you know uh, this this whole chloroquine thing is actually the the what's going to cure this but i mean and not to mention i mean you know not to go down another rabbit hole but i mean and i'm not i'm not a big i'm not a big fan of of uh i guess you say being opinionated on the whole big pharma thing yes i do know that there was united states troops guarding poppy fields in afghanistan and whatnot and that's kind of that's sketchy but as far as it doesn't, it, it, it just doesn't do the deep state any good to know that there's this cure. So, yeah. But I mean, at the same side of the coin though, I, I don't, and again, I don't know. I, I guess I, I didn't go through this article enough to see where he's actually from, Yeah. but uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where, I mean, granted, the New York Times isn't necessarily giving this doctor much, much of a pat on the back because I mean it was of only course not like symptoms, but yeah, but would they really give credit to a, a conservative Republican doctor had he cured the coronavirus? I, mean, I could see them attacking this guy for saying, "Why don't you figure it out sooner?" 
Well, I'm pretty sure this guy is actually from Russia, from what yeah. I understand. I mean, oh, he, God, Russia collusion. No. <laughs> Uh-oh. I can send it out, yeah. Did you hear uh, Putin <laughs> sent over some uh, respirators to the country today? Yeah, yeah. What a Pallets and pallets and, yeah. Which, does Russia have coronavirus yet? I haven't actually looked into that. A few cases, less than 100. Hmm. Yeah, because I remember that was and, kind of one of those things that when we first started looking into this, there it's like weird. Russia doesn't have any cases. <laughs> well, and 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 I know this is again another another sidestep in a rabbit hole, but all these assholes saying that Habib Nurmagomedov is dodging Tony Ferguson. Maybe they maybe they need to look into the coronavirus statistics because that UFC 249 was supposed to go down in fucking New York. Yeah, and. Habib dipped out, and all these people are saying that he's running away from Tony Ferguson because he knows he's going to beat his ass. It's like, uh, no, he has family, and I know I wouldn't want to get stuck in a state, much less a country, that's ravaged with coronavirus. Yeah, a shithole so, like New York City that's just a cesspool <laughs> for it at this point. So, so why not Why not go back to Dagestan where like there's probably two cases? Of course, I'm spitballing there, just being sarcastic, but I mean... But yeah, oh, what, I mean, what I want to know is how the hell did you pronounce his last name so fluid? I've never been able to do that. <laughs> because I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm a Habib fanboy. Jeez, we that I always look at that and I'm just like, yeah, Habib, yeah, whatever. The guy with the hat, Nur, you know. Yeah, I have no idea. Like something fucking Russian, some satellite Russian country name. Yeah. Mac Mac actually had to had to correct me when I first. I, I used to always be him on the first UFC game on, on PlayStation. <laughs> oh, man. That was my thing. I'd get ripped and play UFC, the first UFC. Yeah, it was fun times. Well, okay, we're at an hour and a half here on the Corona stuff. Yeah. Any any final thoughts you guys want to add before we jump into our kind of second lesser topic there? That's going to be pretty fun. <laughs> the surprise. Nope. I, I think I've kind of touched on everything I've um no no i think i might be no, all right no more you you've gotten your yeah what cuomo about cuomo? Out. <laughs> chris tell us how you feel about governor cuomo huh. i would like to <laughs> see a pink mist behind his head at a press conference oh like <laughs> someone squished a grapefruit got it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that mist that you see in some of those uh those um isis films like when they get shot from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not wishing that, but it wouldn't bother me. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be he's like, a, oh, he's oh, a well. Yeah. <laughs> Question. I, I want to ask both of you, honest opinion. Do you, Chris, do you believe that Cuomo has his nips pierced? No. I think he's got big, um, what do you call them, um, salami titties. Yeah, he's got the big bumps <laughs> around it. Yeah. I, I, Good. Cuomo's had a couple of hood babies, apparently, or something. Just yeah. <laughs> he's Italian. It's all salami up there. Yeah, <laughs> some of the seeds in it. You know the Genoa. Yeah, right. He's <laughs> got the pine nuts in it and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, I, I don't think he would. But I mean, I saw him a couple. Was it last summer? He's always out there bike riding. He wears the spandex tops. You would you would see it. Yeah. He just recently got it done, but he closed all the tattoos and piercing shops. So they can't be new. 
Yeah, well, right. I mean, he might he might take him out for his bike rides in case he crashes. It's very true. He doesn't want to get him caught up on like a tree branch oh, or something as he's passing. Wearing the chain. Yeah, as he wears. He's got the chain. <laughs> Falls he's over, got the gets chain. Dangling nips caught in his chain. <laughs> oh, they're hitting gosh. his. They're hitting his spokes, making his making his uh, bike sound like when you put a playing card and a fucking clothespin <laughs> on your fucking spokes. <laughs> Uh, you think a bunch of goth kids are walking by when the chain jingles or some shit, you know, like, I want to show a hot topic have a sale on chain wallets today. Oh, man. Chain uh, So I, I want to jump into the, our, our side topic real quick. Cause I, like I said, uh, before we started recording, I think it was before recording, I had a couple people hit me up and ask me if I would talk about the tiger King and what I thought about it. And, uh, Chris, I know you said you haven't watched it and I hope, I hope you do check it out, not because of the hype and not because everybody told you to, but just out of your own curiosity, because that's the only reason I checked it out. My wife and I were bored, and we, I saw a couple people laughing about it on Facebook and making jokes, and I said, well, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll see if it's worthwhile. It better not be something totally stupid, but uh, for me, it was pretty entertaining. Um, a lot of stuff in there that made me say, what the hell? Like... I, the way that this dude lived, Joe Exotic, and I'm I'm not going to sit here and preach to the choir because I'm sure everybody has, you know, most of my listeners anyways has watched it or at least started watching it. Um, but Joe Exotic owned this uh, zoo down in Oklahoma and whatnot, and apparently he had recorded himself for years and years. Like he hired this guy to record and uh, film him and his crew and all sort of stuff. And I have never said what the fuck so many times in my life outside of the military until I watched this documentary. <laughs> I, yeah, I, don't, it, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, Chris. It's it, one of those things. It's one of those things that it's, it's definitely, definitely the definition of a train wreck. Yeah. A dumpster fire. It's, it's a dumpster fire. It's a trash bag. It's everything, every negative thing you can say about Let's just let's just get, let's just address the elephant in the room. Fucking trailer trash. That's what it is. I'm sorry, but that's what it is. No, they legit lived in trailers on the the compound with yeah. the zoo. So you're not lying. Uh. No, and 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 then to take it a step further, his husband, his husband who was straight, both husbands that were straight. Um, yeah, one of them. One of them definitely had the meth mouth. He even Absolutely. openly admits to it. Say good for him. Good for him. He's not in denial. But uh, yeah, it's how can a man's husband be straight? Uh, meth and tigers. He lured them with meth, meth and tigers. <laughs> oh. Meth tiger. Meth tigers. Watch the goddamn show. That's all I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> there's so much stuff that we could point out. That honestly, I think we could literally spend another episode just talking about it and all the. Well, craziness that was in there. I guess, I guess for, did, did the individual who asked you to talk about it, did they, did they bring anything up on like what, what they wanted to hear about it or. Well, just, or, I guess our, our thoughts in general, because I, I've been cracking jokes about it this past week. Cause I finished it uh, yeah, the end of last or like last weekend. And this, this week I just kind of went nuts with the memes and shit. And cause you know, <laughs> well, funny. Oh my God, the memes are freaking hilarious. And I, 
think my favorite one is when someone put Trump's eyes and mouth on Joe <laughs> yeah. Exotic, the one that I sent you in Messenger. That one, yeah. there was no, there wasn't even any fucking words to it. That's how good it was. You know what I yeah. mean? Those, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've even got. I, uh, uh, I, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's a Canadian rapper. His name is Mercules. Nope. He even did. He yeah. He he's kind of a, a fat dude, all tatted up. You know, he's like a, a modern rapper. Anyways, doesn't mumble. He's actually pretty talented. But he made a song about uh, Tiger King and Carol Baskins and all this other stuff. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. I mean, it's put to put together, mixed. You know, uh, professionally. Uh, but it's like a quick song about his take on the Tiger King, and it's actually pretty fucking funny. Um, but yeah, there's so much Canadian stuff. Canadian Necro. Uh, yeah, just I would uh, not as Minus brazen. The lisp. Yeah, no lisp, <laughs> not as hardcore. I don't think with the stuff he raps about, but he's definitely got right. the talent. And he's pretty good. Yeah. Um. Sure. Anyway, but we could probably honestly spend an entire episode here, or just a recording I mean, session, just talking about it well, and the, the absurdities in that documentary that yeah you had the yeah, the guy first and foremost he was breeding tiger cubs and that was his main source of money um which astonishingly you could have gotten a tiger cub from from between two and four thousand dollars didn't know that i didn't even know that these cult like uh people and groups existed um because the documentary didn't just feature joe exotic it fe- featured doc antle uh down in north carolina who basically was living like a polyamorous life he had multiple women that he was sleeping with and coerced them with the tigers and the money and the homes each chick that he had at the his zoo essentially down there they had their own house like a full-on house not like a trailer or no trashy shit but they had their own house their own cars everything and i think he had what four wives four or five yeah there's like there's like yeah four or five and then you had crazy carol baskins who uh or baskin baskins or baskin one of the two baskin. basically the hillary clinton of the tiger world is how i kind of put some on her uh <laughs> She married uh, one guy uh, back in the late 70s. I think it was her 80s or some shit. It was an abusive uh, marriage, apparently. She met this other guy who was a millionaire that had the reputation of picking up younger women. And they started this whole tiger thing together. And from my understanding and how Netflix portrays it, she got money hungry. And the rumor amongst the exotic animal community is that she literally murdered her husband and then fed fed him to the tigers on their little rescue down in Florida. Um, a creepy stuff. I guess, yeah, <laughs> and and I mean, for for me, I mean, if you want to get serious about it, I guess what I take away from that because I believe I believe at the end of the at the at, at the end of the very last episode, it said something about there was there's only four thousand tigers left in the wild. So, so I guess what I take away from that is. If, if you want to get, like I said, if you want to get serious about it, I mean, there's, of course, there's plenty of humor to be taken away, but I don't, I don't have a problem with the whole, with people breeding exotic animals like that, so long as, so long as they're released back into the wild before they become accustomed to being cared for. Yeah. I mean... You know what I mean? I mean, and and I guess that's where you could say I get a little SJW ish. I have a I have a sweet spot for animals and stuff like that. And well, and I don't think that's no, social justice I, or SJW no, like, but I'm no PETA member by any fucking means. I mean, I, yeah. I eat cows and shit like that. So I mean, I buy a whole cow. Like for the past two years, I've bought a whole cow. So it's like, 
I'm not, I'm not on that side of the fence, but I mean, I wouldn't disagree with what these people are doing if they were to be releasing them back into the wild as yeah. tiger cubs and shit. I mean, that's, that's yeah, on a serious note. I mean, it's, you know. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I mean, because we do it for conservation efforts and they still mm-hmm. keep them in zoos and preserves and stuff like that. And yeah, the, I think the, the what you say like there's oh, less than four thousand in the wild, but in the U.S. alone, there's over ten thousand in captivity, either in private ownership yeah, or in the zoos. Ridiculous! <laughs> like it, it's insane. And yeah, in the the one lady, uh, Carol Baskins, in the thing, she's uh, runs the big cat rescue down in Florida. Um, her conditions, in my opinion, that she was keeping her animals in were worse than the other two guys. Way worse. From from yeah, from from the way the documentary portrayed it she at first anyway i know i know that in the documentary it said i think they said something about how um how after after joe kind of lost sight of the conditions of his zoo when he when he started running for fucking office (laughs) was it mayor he ran for president in 2016 i think they said yeah and then governor and that didn't yeah, when that didn't work out, it was like mayor, governor. Yeah, I think it was governor. I think you're right. Yeah, he still got 19% of the votes for the Oklahoma governor's race. Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is nuts. What but, I laughed at, too, yeah. was um, when that, that Jeff Lowe guy or whatever his name was, uh, the douchebag that came in and basically took advantage of uh, Joe's situation mm, and uh, yeah. bought the zoo out from underneath him and then started calling the shots and stuff and started treating mm-hmm. uh, Joe like shit. Anyways, um Jeff, or excuse me, Joe Exotic, the the main character here in the docu series, um, he was misappropriating campaign funds essentially and uh, <laughs> violating campaign finance laws by taking money from his own business and putting that towards his stuff. Now, the ironic part about it was that the feds were listening to him. Um, they found a listening device on the roof of his main building, but he was also going to the bank and forging checks because he at that point didn't own. Um, that the zoo anymore in Oklahoma. He, so he was, he wrote, I think they said like 20 some odd checks in that Jeff guy's name and was cashing them and then using them for his campaign and stuff. And you see it in the documentary. Um, they go in and they're, they're yelling at each other and stuff. And and Jeff tells Joe, like, look what you fucking did. You wrote all these checks and put it towards campaign. He's like, that's fucking illegal. So what does Joe do? He takes all the files outside and fucking burns them. (laughs) So, (laughs) so the feds couldn't get a hold of him or whatever and then prosecute him on that. And, but I, if you guys, if any of my listeners are curious and you haven't seen it, um, it's it, it's just a, it's a funny, it's a really funny but also really awkward, really weird, kind of sad story about how this guy's life went from the early two thousands up until two thousand eighteen. Essentially, the guy's in prison. Like I'll spoil it for you. The dude's in prison for murder for hire stuff. Um, no spoiler, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, yeah. I mean that, that's been all over Facebook, trailer. anyways. But yeah. But- well, and I mean, if you want to, if you want to get down to brass tacks, though, I mean, you have to take into consideration, like, like I had a friend on Facebook who, who was pissed because the Tiger King was trending number one on, on, uh, on Netflix. And yeah. she, of, of course, she's, she's, uh, she's a, democratic socialist and a bernie supporter and whatnot and she she said that's just ridiculous because they abused animals and this and that okay well so say they did and whatnot but 
one thing that I found funny is like, do you not understand like the condition just the world in general is in right now? Do you think people are not going to get, there's a reason why it's trending number one. There's a reason why it didn't become a big thing until coronavirus hit the fucking United States. I'm sorry, but that is the truth. <laughs> I mean, this isn't something that I, I have a feeling that maybe eventually a lot of people would end up watching it if yeah. they got bored enough on a fucking Sunday. That, that's literally but the it, only reason I started watching it. Was yeah. At a yeah. And then I got hooked after like the first or second episode because I was just like, what? how do people literally fucking live yeah. like this? And I didn't realize the exotic uh, animal business like that was so mm-hmm. huge. Right. You know? And, well, and yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I'm not going to say I, I got hooked per se. I, I legitimately did not have anything better to do. Yeah. And <laughs> as, as bad as that may sound, it was, it was a Sunday for me and I literally did not have anything better to do. Yeah. So I will, I think, I think I've watched it in like two or three days with my girlfriend so, yeah, but, yeah. and, but then, but if you, if you watch, if you watch, um, the tiger King, I would suggest to your listeners to watch the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia. Oh if my God. Watch yes. Tiger King, watch, watch the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia. And if you can find it, I know it's on um, Amazon prime. I just watched it the well, other day. Well, one of my one of my best friends, I asked him if he could download another movie about the whites. It's only twenty nine minutes, but it was the first one, and my ex wife told me about this one, and it's it's based. It was actually a documentary on PBS called The Dancing Outlaw, and it was supposed to be about Jessica White's dad, D Ray White, and yep. the D Ray D Ray basically pioneered his own and it's extremely like it's i mean in the i try not to offend anybody but in the i guess for lack of better terms in the hill people community right it would be it's it's a popular form of uh this mountain dancing it's called mountain dancing but yeah. d ray white and d ray white incorporated tap shoes in with it so you have you he kind of brought in a little spice to it well when D. Ray White was killed, he was actually a part of a documentary, and I don't know that it ever got finished, um, but he was part of another documentary called Talking Feet, and uh, it's it's about mountain dancing also. Yeah. But if you, if you can find The Dancing Outlaw on eBay, and it was like, I think, I think uh, Darrell found it for like $20 on, on eBay, and it's well worth the twenty dollars to watch the twenty nine minute video of Dancing Outlaw, and but well, I kind of sidetracked there for a little bit. But uh, the Dancing Outlaw was supposed to be about D Ray, but when they met, when they got into like doing the documentary, and they involved his son, Jesco, it just went off the rails, and they just like went with it, and it was all about Jesco. Yeah. So if if you can if if you get the Hair, hair up your ass to watch that. And if you can find it on eBay, yeah, I would, I would suggest watching that also because I know Hank, Hank three did, Hank three did that song called D Ray White, and he was also a part of, you know, he did some of the, he did some of the commentary and stuff in the, uh, or rather, I should say, he was interviewed in Wild and Wonderful Whites, but 
my girlfriend actually read an article the other day because I had her watch it. And for like a, a day straight, she was like thinking about the white. She's like, I want to find more shit on them. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking insane. Well, she found an article and they, I don't remember who the article was by and whatnot, but uh, they talked to Hank three and Hank three actually said he distanced, distanced himself from the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia, just because it portrayed the negative aspect of the family, whereas they didn't necessarily, they didn't, they didn't spend enough time in the theater of like his ability to perform and this and that. They just went off like the crazy pill, weed, cocaine induced fucking lifestyle that they allegedly live. And yeah, I shouldn't say allegedly, cause I mean, they do, but, but, uh, so interesting, it's, interesting fact. Yeah. Um, of the Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia that uh, came out in 2009. Uh, it was directed by Julian Nitzberg, but um, <laughs> two interesting producers. And I remember watching this from, the, or, or I remember this from the credits when I first watched it. Johnny Knoxville and Jeff Tremaine were producers for that docu the mm-hmm. documentary, which is hilarious because if anybody was around, you know, in the early 2000s and, and whatnot, jackass. yeah, Johnny Knoxville and Jeff Tremaine were the creators of Jackass on MTV. So it's just, it's funny that, uh, how did they get in, involved in that? But apparently Johnny Knoxville has had, uh, if you watch the bonus features of that, and I'm sure you probably have a, or uh, excuse me, Al, um, uh, he, he's got a strange connection to the whites and I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, but that's mm-hmm. how he got into it. And then he pulled Jeff Tremaine in, uh, kind of on the side and they helped produce that, that documentary, but such a strange thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, well, and I mean, that's, that's one thing though, that, uh, you know, again, on a serious note on this is the, the, the sh- one thing you do kind of do realize throughout that that documentary the wild and wonderful whites is how how negatively um how can i put this with with all the energy restrictions that and and i hate to make this political but without with a lot of the energy restrictions that all these social justice warriors liberals and democrats want to put on america it's like they talk they they talk a big game about wanting to create jobs, but when if you see the condition that um, that West Virginia is in right now, like you put to put this into perspective, there's more people in West Virginia than there is in South Dakota, and you can fit the entire you can fit the entire uh, state of West Virginia itself physically in South Dakota. Now. When you, when you think about that, and you, if, if you actually go there, and it's a beautiful place to visit, don't get me wrong, I, that place is so gorgeous, There's, it has so much to offer, but there's so many unincorporated towns that were basically coal boom towns, and they, they're so economically just, they've been choked out, so... yeah really isolated right well well and it's not even isolation it's just a matter of the it's like oil and gas for example let's just take that for example north dakota when the when the oil when oil is being sold for you know 
like when was it back in like 2000 2010 to like 2015 you were paying almost you know four dollars four dollars a gallon for premium and well when when oil price and you have to take into consideration that how many employees there are in North Dakota because of the boom. And those are obviously people from all over the United States. Well, they actually have, excuse me, excuse me. If, if I remember correctly, back when it was in the big boom from 2010 to 2015, they, I think they were number one on the lowest unemployment statistics. Well, when the boom tanked, I, I can't speak on how, where, where they were in the rankings from there, but that's how it is in West Virginia. Like you, there's, there's, like I said, there's all these unincorporated towns that were old coal towns. And back in the day, back in the day, they had those, uh, those company stores. Well, that's, you could only spend your money there, blah, blah, blah. Well, you have that. That's why the economy is so horrible there. It's yes, it does. You're not wrong as far as it is so isolated. It it does take it costs a lot more to have gasoline and diesel and whatnot shipped to those more isolated places. But there's so many unincorporated towns and unemployment is so rampant that it's those people really do. I'm not going to say they don't have anything better to do, but I mean, what do you do? when you're in a bad spot, you know, a lot of times vices take over. And that's one thing I just want people to understand before they get into that, that documentary. Cause it's, it's not that this family is just a crazy piece of shit fucking family that, you know, they're just going around doing whatever the fuck they want. You know what I mean? They're yeah, kind actually, of, yeah. Like a product of their environment, essentially. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, and, and taking into consideration, like, I mean, another example is, Williston, you know, when, when the oil boom tanked, holy Christ, dude, that place just, it, it got ran over with fucking meth and just all sorts of drug abuse and shit. And so it's, it's exactly the same in West Virginia. I mean, you, you know, it's the whites, the whites actually do have a history, but unfortunately a lot of it is negative because just because of like you said, the product, their environment, but it's a great documentary though. I mean, I, yeah, I'm, really entertaining, really informative. It really gives you a look yeah. inside of like culture in the Appalachian mountain kind of area. Yeah. I don't base everybody off of them. Obviously they're a specific right. family in a specific area, but where they live in Boone County. Right. And I love when he's like, this yeah. Boone, Boone County man and call and he shakes a pill bottle, you know, yeah. hilarious. Like, <laughs> but you got, one one of my favorite quotes from Dancing Outlaw was when Jesco was was talking to the the whoever's doing all the interviews and he's sitting there in front of his trailer and his his wife was off in the distance. They interviewed her a little shortly after, but he goes, and I told her I put the butcher knife up to her throat and I said, if you want to live to see tomorrow, you better start frying them eggs a little bit better than you've been frying them. I've been tired of eating sloppy, slimy eggs. <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's crazy chris have you ever seen that one no <laughs> That's, yeah put that I, on your list yeah yeah i am um, i have a hard time watching documentaries not because i don't like them it's just that the kids are always in in and out i just i'm they're going this weekend maybe i'll sit down and watch 
Yeah, yeah that's one you don't want your children to see. Not yeah. now, at least. Wait <laughs> <laughs> to expose them to that one. But yeah, like if I that's that I agree. I mean, if if you know if if you don't want to watch that Tiger King because everybody else has, and it's just you know you you probably get the gist of it without watching without watching it, but watching your Facebook. But uh, yeah, I guarantee not as many people have seen the Wild and Wonderful Whites as the Tiger King, which is a shame to be honest, because if they if they if they want something to watch, well, that by God. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well i think we should probably wrap it up we're hitting here at uh two oh, hours right. roughly here and uh yeah i think overall excellent episode fellas good recording um i'm probably not going to edit it too much to be honest um i think everything was pretty much good and quite frankly i'm kind of fucking burned out from this week i've been home with the the kids i'm working remotely now and uh, helping my kids with schoolwork and stuff while trying to maintain some kind of order within the household but um yeah, Chris, your final thoughts, man. How do you, what do you think about everything? Um, well, uh, I, you know, I've we've pretty much tackled everything. I just want to kind of say, I hope my uh, my one friend there, the little the little friend, the one I talked about before. Yeah, <laughs> I hope she would. I hope she was able to stock down. I mean, she can't reach a lot of things, but I wish her the best. And I say stock down because obviously there's not too much up in her in her, in her life. Yeah, I don't think. So. Toilet paper has been a commodity just because she can't reach it off the top rack, right? I mean, she's got to get yeah. help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, nobody's helping anybody, so <laughs> it's everybody for themselves. Yeah. That's one thing That's one thing we lack here in South Dakota, Craig. You What's would that? not. You, you know what I mean. <laughs> the, little, oh. the little one. Yeah. The little people. <laughs> so, check, out, check out Little People Big World. Oh, oh God! <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I've always wanted, I've always wanted to to do something like that, and it, I was able to not too long ago, and it, you know, so there's, there's one off the bucket list. <laughs> it was, it's not, you know, it's wasn't she wasn't bad looking, it wasn't the hottest, but you know, like, hey, it was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, Al, if you want the story, check out the uh, what the first or second episode. Oh, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I listened to it. Yeah, I got. Oh boy! Your you're dropping. Yeah. <laughs> Al, your final thoughts on uh, tonight's episode here? Um, I, I, I like I like what uh, we talked about. It was pretty informative. I don't think we I don't think we spread you know a bunch of misinformation and and uh, panic. Just just want people to understand that you know stay vigilant, but at the same time just Take a deep fucking breath. I mean, if you have Corona, I know you probably can't take a deep breath, but, huh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, oh, just, boy. just fucking keep your shit on lockdown. I mean, take care of your fucking self right now. I mean, that's all, that's, yeah. that's what it's all about anyway. So yeah. Yep. We'll get yeah. through this. It's, it's, it's mostly bullshit, but I mean, I'm not gonna say mostly, but Right, it's not as bad as they're saying. So I think eventually we're going to be fine. Just how long they can keep us down for—that's going to be the question. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think it's uh, either they're not telling us the whole truth, or they know something that we don't know. Because um, I'm just not—I'm not seeing um, what's warranting the reaction that we've had thus far. To be honest, I mean that's my opinion. I know certain areas it's obviously really bad, but I, I honestly think either they're not telling us everything. Um, I still believe really not that bad. Coming. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but. that's, I guess, I guess, you know, like we had, I'm sorry to drag this out, but I mean, I guess that's where, that's where people need to be to keep their head on a swivel about their specific area. Right. You know, don't, don't, don't think just because New York is a shit show right now that, you know, that's coming to every city USA. Yeah. Right. 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 Just keep your fucking wits. Like just stay informed and keep your head on a swivel. Watch your six, watch your friend's six and fucking just don't panic. Yep. Yeah. I'll um, get my final thought here. I, on the negative side of this whole thing so far, uh, I've seen it bring out the worst in people. And I, I'm going to kind of borrow a quote from um, my friend Jonathan. Um, it, it really has brought out the worst of people in a lot of uh, the areas that are affected. You know, you've got people that are hoarding basic commodities. That alone is affecting people's daily lives um, and even long term. Um, you got people that are legit encroaching on other people's rights to travel, to go to work, to all sorts of stuff. It's not even just the States, but it's other people. I mean, we brought up the instance in New York city where that poor lady got punched in the mouth. Um, you got people tearing each other apart on Facebook because you need to be more responsible. You, you shouldn't be outside. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Blah, blah, blah. It's ridiculous. And, you know, and I, I, I see the facts in front of us. I see all that stuff that's going on. Obviously. I mean, you can't go in the news at all or even social media without seeing something coronavirus related within, you know, a couple minutes. Um, I hope this all blows over uh, pretty soon, um, you know, but I think it's going to be more like the seasonal flu. We're just going to have to take our hit of whatever deaths it gives us, and we're just going to have to move on, um, to be honest. You know, the, the flu, uh, the CDC actually bumped up the numbers. It was thirty to 55,000 for this season. Now it's fifty to uh, almost 80,000, 55 to 80,000 uh, deaths projected so far. We've, we've surpassed the 30,000 death mark. So I'm hoping that we don't reach those numbers, but honestly, in my opinion, I, I'm not going to be concerned too much about the coronavirus until we it starts getting up in those flu numbers. So that that's my spiel on it for mm-hmm. now. But sure. I appreciate you being on now. Always a pleasure. If you ever want to come back on, definitely let me know, man. We'll make it happen. Um, for sure. On recording, a lot of good information. Of course, for anybody out there listening, if there's anything that you want to correct us on or add your uh, two cents to it. You can always hit us up on the Facebook page, which is just titled Heretic Radio, um, or at the Gmail account. That's uh, Heretic Radio uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Chris and I check that quite frequently. Um, I'll respond to stuff almost immediately. I'm going to see if I can find uh, some of the, the sources and stuff that we cited and try to post those up. If not, just let me know if anyone's listening and wants those. I can get them for you. So, uh, but I can, everybody, I can send you the ones. I can send you the ones that I have too. The you know. Yeah, share them on the uh, the Heretic Radio Facebook page if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah, is, sure. I mean, post them right up there. There's no restrictions on that. Anybody can post to it. Um, uh, Chris and I are, are admins, so we'll be good to go. But, uh, Chris, right. as always, thanks for uh, coming on. Al, again, thanks again for coming on. If you ever want to come back on, let us know. We'll make it happen. And uh, hopefully the next podcast we do, we'll have um, – you know, be a little more uh, upbeat, I guess, in the sense of that we're not talking about the coronavirus. I really hope this stuff gets better. So, yeah. Well, guys, be safe. Use common sense, and I think we'll we'll all be okay. Yeah, you too, Chris. You're you're kind of at an epicenter at this point for that stuff. So you be more vigilant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. Um, all right. Well, you guys have a good one from all of us here at Heretic Radio. We wish you the best. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>